Hello to all my people, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots. We still have high hopes of delivering quality wrestling content, but at worst, we'll deliver mediocre wrestling content, but we'll sprinkle in some conspiracy theories or dad jokes, you know, so we still get over. I am your host, a chef by trade and a martin by choice. I am the Will Gray, and I'm glad to be here with you on this journey, and today that journey will be wrestling Russian roulette with the two-time Impact World Heavyweight Champion, Eric Young. Remember, here at Botch Bots and Chair Shots, we're calling in the ring from all the angles. Welcome back to our listeners. We're excited to welcome our next guest. He is currently working for Impact Wrestling based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and is a two-time Impact World Champion, Eric Young. Eric, how are you today, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, always good to ch- chat some wrestling. Excellent, man. We're super pumped to have you on. Um, I'm glad to have you. So let's knock out some of these easy quick fire questions from one wrestling fan to another. Um, growing up, who was your favorite superstar? I mean, there was a, it's a long list. You know, I've been watching wrestling since I was three. Um, probably um, later on, it was definitely Shawn Michaels. Um, early on, b- before he kind of went out and did his own thing, it was, you know, guys like uh, Macho Man, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, um, uh, love Terry Funk, love Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart. You know, that's uh, off the top of my head. I mean, but I mean, like, it's a long list, man. Like, I, I love One Man Gang. <laughs> I loved Big John Studd. I loved Andre the Giant. I, I, I mean, everyone was kind of had their own thing, and I, and I was in all of them. So, I mean, judging by the list you just gave me, I'm assuming that means you grew up watching a lot of the territory wrestling, right? Uh, some. I mean, I grew up in Canada, so we didn't, uh, oh, yeah, I guess like, where true. I live, like, cable television still doesn't exist. I had an antenna in my uh, front yard, and we basically pirated four or five channels from Detroit. So, um, basically, until probably around 1996, my only wrestling was uh, superstars that aired at, like, 3 a.m., <laughs> on Saturday, uh, some yeah. Saturday morning wrestling early on and uh, VHS tapes. Uh, and then 96, I got my first uh, satellite, me and two of my really close friends that I did backyard wrestling with bought a satellite together so we could watch the Monday Night Wars, basically. Oh, that's awesome. Um, do you have a current favorite sports team or do you have a sport that you're currently watching a lot of? Yeah, I mean, I'm a diehard sports fan my whole life. Um, live and breathe hockey have since I was a little kid played it my whole life still play it today um Toronto Maple Leafs fan since I was three or four still root for them they do not make it easy uh Nashville living in Nashville now huge Predators fan I I do a bunch of events with the team I know a bunch of the players um the herd line this year I sent them t-shirts I'm good buddies with those guys all four of them actually uh, and they took a really cool picture of them wearing the I am violent by design t-shirts. And uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, a huge Titans fan was a Buffalo Bills fan growing up and they broke my heart three years in a row. And <laughs> I stopped watching football for a few years. And then when I went back to football, I was like, I got to pick a new team. And uh, I actually picked the Tennessee Titans. I, I loved Eddie George, uh, love Steve McNair, Yancey Thigpen, Derek Mason, Frank Wycheck, like love that team. And, uh, and then a weird turn of events in 2004, I ended up moving here and I still live in Nashville today. That's amazing. So you're speaking to my heart here because I'm a Nashville native. Uh, I currently reside in Knoxville, but like born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. So I have to know since you've been there, as long as you have, do you have a favorite hot chicken place? Uh, there is no bad hot chicken. That's uh, 
from a professional. There is no bad hot chicken. At, right now, my current favorite is a smaller one. There's only two of them. It's called Big Shakes. And it is, it's incredible. I think they have the best hot chicken uh, out of all of them. I mean, hot, Hattie B's obviously is iconic. It's it's um, maybe getting a little too big now. It's a little more commercialized than it used to be. But, you know what I mean? Like, there is no bad hot chicken. It's, 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 it's uh, one of my favorite things to eat. Nice. Okay. My last quick fire question. Let's go down memory lane a little bit. Who was your first match? Where was it at? And who was the opponent? Do you remember? So I'm terrible with this stuff, but I do remember my first one. My first one was in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Uh, Dan Severin was the guy promoting the event. Uh, it was at the Bobo Brazil Arena, and I wrestled uh, a guy that I started training with, uh, one of my really good friends, Aaron Wood who wrestled as suicide, Sean ball wore a mask and stuff. And me and him, uh, we opened the show. We were the first match on the show. And I remember it being very good. I'm sure if I watched it today, I'd puke, but, uh, I remember it being really cool. Um, I mean, first time being in, uh, you know, a pro event, um, first time wrestling in front of a crowd that size, there's probably 1500 people, which is a pretty successful independent show. Yeah. Uh, and what I remember most is, Dan Severn was promoting the, the event and he had two events going at once. So basically there would be a pro wrestling match. Then there'd be a tough guy competition where guys, fans would come out of the crowd, put on boxing gloves and fight each other. And uh, actually one of the, one of the wrestlers, uh, this guy, Rory, he uh, wrestled, I think in the third match. And then right after his match, he just stayed in the ring and a guy came out of the crowd and he fought him. He beat him then beat a guy in the semifinals and then won the whole thing. So it was a good day for pro wrestling. Uh, <laughs> watching, <laughs> watching two overweight people fight is pathetic. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> but that's, it was a very interesting dance. Everyone was awesome. Uh, I slept at his wrestling gym on the wrestling mats at his gym the night before we went down the night before and he, he offered to let us stay at his wrestling gym. So I used my sweater as a blanket and, fell asleep on the sweet sweat color covered wrestling mask. That was a uh, 19, 1997. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm old and I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> That's amazing. Though. I like it. Uh, uh, you know, as for me, I'm a fan of territory wrestling. I love the history, learning about everything that's happened in the business before. I know you've crossed paths with the Von Erics in your past, specifically Waldo. So uh, maybe touch base on that a little bit. Like, let's talk about like the early side of your career when you first started training and when you're getting introduced to some of these guys. Yeah, I mean, Waldo Von Erich, um, no relation to the Von Erics uh, really? in Texas. Yeah, oh. none, none whatsoever. Um, actually, a Canadian guy, uh, German Canadian, grew up in Canada lived in Canada his whole life. Uh, he moved to Florida, I believe, uh, wrestled in the Florida territory for a while under, I want to say cheetah man, something cheetah. I mean, I don't remember that. I mean, when he told me this story, this is, you know, 25 years ago and, you know, cheetah man existed 50 years ago plus. Yeah. So, uh, he wrestled us there and then he went to Texas and I think they, they, he did wrestle with Fritz Von Erich as his like cousin or brother, but he's actually not a Von Erich, not a, not a blood relative of them at all. And then he took that name and went to the WWE for Vince McMahon senior uh, and got into a feud with Bruno Sammartino. And like, this is back when people believed wrestling was real. Bruno Sammartino was this hulking Italian guy, like fresh off the boat and like living in Brooklyn and, Waldo was a Nazi 
and wore like a stormtrooper helmet and the duck boots and would do the whole thing. And uh, he he had some crazy stories, people trying to kill him and they'd have to smuggle him in in the ambulance. He couldn't park at the arena because people would try to kill him. Uh, I think he still holds the record, him and Bruno, for the longest match in Madison Square Garden history. I think it was 94 minutes, something like that. So wow, yeah, he tons of cool stories. I mean, a guy that wrestled all over the world uh, was, you know, a legend in his day. Um, and this is way, way back. I mean, before, you know, when Caratoners was really the only thing that existed. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your early career. Tell me some of the, one of your favorite matches you had uh, coming up and one of your least favorite matches you had coming up, be it either because it didn't work right because the, the play, the, the work between you and the other talent didn't go well, booking didn't go what you wanted. The, the promoter was trash. And then the opposite side, the absolute, what you feel was like your best early match when you really said, you know what, like, this is how that was supposed to go. Yeah, I, I have a terrible memory for these things. Like, the, <laughs> honestly, I've been doing this so long. I, I can barely Fair remember enough. what I did last week. Yeah. Um, uh, one that stands out to me in my mind, they, I wrestled for this company in uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario. And uh, it was a, a bunch of young guys and they got together and they started a promotion in a wrestling school. And they basically said, we're just, we're going to build our own stars. You know, the third Saturday of every month, we're going to have a show in the same place at the same time. And we're going to make our own storylines. We're not going to bring in the honky tonk man, and you know, Jim Duggan and try to attract people that way. We're just going to start from nothing and build our own stars regionally in this area. And uh, I was on their first show and there was maybe 25 people there. Fast forward three or four years later, uh, you know, my career is humming along pretty good. I'm, I'm wrestling all over the place, you know, everywhere in North America. I've been to Mexico at once at this point, um, had been to the Maritimes, had been all through the United States, had, had wrestled all over Canada, and was, was doing really well and was uh, the world champion or heavyweight champion for this promotion at the time. And we built up uh, over the course of like two or three years, me and this guy, Derek, danger boy, Derek wild, one of my favorite opponents, uh, young opponents. And me and him are still very good friends to this day. Um, we built up to this ladder match and they actually peed up. This is like the internet existed, but not how it existed now. So like, you know, there, there were, there were dirt sheets, but it was all done through email and there were, you know, websites, but they were primitive and, you know, you know, dated and really slow. Um, and PWI sent uh, a writer from, from somewhere in the United States. I don't know where the guy lived, but to cover this event. And they ended up selling out the Polish hall and having to take down all these tables. So they have, and, you know, charge people standing room. They sold the whole place out and we had this crazy ladder match. Um, and they put this huge write up in about it in PWI. And that was kind of like my first like national exposure and the match. I remember it. I mean, just madness. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure if I was to watch it today, I would say, what the hell was I thinking? Um, but yeah, I, I, that one stands out. Bad matches, man, I don't, I don't know. And I don't, I block those for my mind. Maybe I, I don't remember any bad ones. I've been on some questionable shows. I, I've wrestled well, I in guess a bar maybe that's what I meant more in front like of four people. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, as far as matches go, I, I don't remember. The, that one sticks out as a good one and bad ones. Um, they're all learning experiences and that's, you know, it does sound like a cop out, but that's just true. And I think at 
you know, 20, I thought I knew what I was doing. And I, I look back at, I'm 41 now, and I look back and say, I had no idea. And there's just no replacing experience. And uh, so I would, I would say any match I've had was, was good in some way. Understood. Everything is a learning experience, right? Maybe not for the fans, but for me, it was. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a chef. So, like, that's my thing is, you know, like, not every plate I've ever put out is delicious. You know what I mean? I've made crappy you food, you know, like, you're going to learn from it as you go. Um, yep. Let's fast forward and jump ahead in time a little bit to some of your time with WWE. I know you spent some time in NXT with San, uh, and then with uh, Alexander Wolf. you had the, a stint as the NXT Tag Team Championship. Let's talk on that some, like what it was like yeah, uh, to be down there. Loved my time in NXT. Um, you know, I was had been in uh, TNA for 12 years, and the company was definitely shrinking at the time. I had a very good role there. Uh, I was making very good money. Um, I was being, you know, I was very respected and very taken care of and, and um, very in the mix of everything that was going on. But I, I had felt I had kind of accomplished everything I wanted to there at the time. And the company was kind of in this weird spiral, this downward spiral, like losing TV deals, losing, you know, just, you know, one loss after another. And, and for the guys and the girls that worked there, it, it just didn't matter how hard we worked or how good the show was. There was this cloud over it. And uh, I was just tired of the negativity and, and uh, you know, had heard that the WWE, if I was to become available, would be interested. And I mean, that's where I dreamed of working since I was three years old and um, nothing against my run in TNA. They, you know, gave me a job, gave me my start. Um, most of what I have in life is because of, of TNA and Jeff Jarrett and Bob Ryder and Dixie Carter and, and Panda Energy and, you know, on and on and on. There's, you know, it's a huge list of, of people to thank. Um, but it was just time for me to move on. And, and uh, I had a talk with Hunter and uh, in the afternoon flew down to Orlando, had a conversation with them and it went really well. We hit it off and became pretty good friends pretty quick. I, I still talk to him quite often today. Um, he was one of the first people to message me when I tore my ACL and say, I've been there before and, you know, you'll get through it. And, you know, if you need to talk or whatever, just, you know, I'm here, which is super cool. I had a poster of him. I stole from Walmart on my wall. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it, it's kind of weird being uh, buddies with him. But, yeah, the love the run of NXT, love Sanity. Uh, love the group of people I was with, love the people I was surrounded by. I, I enjoyed every minute. I, and to be honest, I didn't want to leave. You know, that was, um, that was the WWE's choice. And in the end, it was, it was Vince's choice. He chose us to come to the main roster. Um, but um, I would probably still be at NXT now if it was my choice. So when you're, when you're in NXT and you're with a group like Sanity, do you see any parallels to that group versus Violent by Design? I know looking at the group, you Killian Dane and some of those guys, but replaced Killian Dane with a Rhino. And I mean, real similar guys. Like, do you see any similarities between the stables from one group to the other? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's similarities. It's kind of like this, you know, group of crazy people or, you know, maniacs, heels, whatever you want to say. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities there because of the character that I have been for the last five or six years. And I was heavily involved in, um, in the making of Sanity. It was Hunter's idea, but it was a very joint effort um, by me and him. Uh, you know, picking the music, you know, picking, you know, what we would look like, like I designed the jackets, I, you know, I kind of chose the color scheme, I chose the video wall, like, I mean, like a lot of the stuff, you know, is very hands on with that stuff. And it's, you know, the exact same thing with Violent by Design, it was my, you know, my idea, my name, um, the people in the group, you know, were selected by me or, or 
approved by me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I, uh, that's not lost on me. You know, not everybody gets that. I've been doing this a long time and I've definitely earned that respect. Uh, I've earned, uh, you know, the, the, the power to have choice, you know, I don't get to say who wins and loses or what we do or when we do it, but I, I do have a say in how it's interpreted and how we come across and, um, how it's, how it's shown and, and the story and how we want to present it. So that was, uh, that was my, the coolest thing about NXT for me was that I, I didn't know if I would get that there because I had never worked there. Um, but right away, um, I think Hunter trusted me, uh, respected my, you know, my work, even though it wasn't there, you know, it was, you know, at a high level in other places. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I loved NXT and, um, but, but most of all, I love what I'm doing right now. I feel at 41, uh, other than the torn ACL, I'm doing maybe the best work I've, I've ever done in my entire career. Uh, so let's talk COVID. Um, I know as a chef living in Nashville, because I didn't, I lived in Nashville until last summer. So I'd been up there yep. my whole life. Um, when everything got hit, everything shut down. Um, lots of layoffs in the industry. It was super tough on a lot of us. How did someone in the wrestling business handle it? I mean, like, what was 2020 like for a pro wrestler, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely one of the people that, you know, lost their job, but uh, I was never unemployed, you know, not for a day. Uh, I was definitely one of the lucky ones. Um, and part of that is, you know, that's years of hard work and and uh, impact wanting me to to be with them and and be in the main event and be a surprise and um, be part of of the world title picture. Um, you know, that's uh, that's not lost on me either. That's a big deal. You know, stepping back into a company that I haven't been part of and you know, kind of bypassing a lot of people. And, you know, that's happened to me before and, and I know it can sting. Um, but, uh, but I've earned that spot. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I have a, a massive social media following. I've been on TV for over 16 years wrestling, um, have wrestled all over the world uh, at a very high level. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely have earned it, but the, you know, COVID was crazy man it's uh, you know it, it affected everybody and it's not just in the united states it's it's worldwide you know and and if i could erase covid and go back and it never happened i would do that in a heartbeat because of you know the people that we've lost and um I, you know there's nobody in my immediate circle but people just outside of it that that have lost family members and ha have lost loved ones and that sucks you know but in a in a weird way it i'm part of this weird fraternity in wrestling that we live through this, you know, like wrestling didn't go away. It, you know, it, it didn't miss a beat, you know, they it just innovated and, and figured out a way to present its product without a crowd. And the reality is, is a crowd is maybe the most important part of what we do. You know, it, it's what we do is meant to be done in front of a live crowd uh, meant to uh, elicit a response from a live crowd. Um, and without it, it, it becomes something else. Um, we all managed it somehow, you know, the WWE, the AEW, uh, Impact, ROH, everyone navigated it kind of in their own way. And it's cool, man. It, it's in a weird way. It's like this weird sense of pride saying like, I was part of that and, you know, pro wrestling still exists. And, you know, in my opinion, from a person that looks in sometimes from the outside is, you know, it might be stronger than it's ever was. And sometimes it's happened to me with my ACL right now is, you don't understand how much you like something until it's taken away. And uh, that's the feeling. I think anybody that's in the business will think about crowds and being in front of live people. Um, and for me, just wrestling, like I, it, you know, it's only been like 
four months since I tore it, but I'm, I'm dying. Like <laughs> I'm dying a slow and terrible death, just wanting to be back in the ring, man. Cause it's um, wrestling has a lot of stuff that you got to deal with outside of performing in the ring. But you know, those 10 to 20, 30 minutes of performing in a ring with, you know, one of your peers in front of, a, you know, whether it's just, you know, video or a live audience, it, you know, it can't be replaced. It's a drug and anybody that's done it will tell you that. And it, and it can't be replaced. You know, there's nothing else that can give you that feeling. So yeah, it's uh COVID was awful, man. Awful. I, I lost my job at the WWE. Uh, I lost my job at the athletic covering the NHL. So, you know, um, I didn't lose anybody. No one passed away. That's in my immediate circle, but I had plenty to lose and uh, I'm ready for it to go away. Absolutely. I think we all are. Um, we all know the industry as a whole huge risk of injury. Um, you've brought it up a few times, but how's the rehab going on the knee? Like, how's that coming? Yeah. Along? Yeah. It's going good. It's um, <clears throat> I was really hoping to avoid a, a major injury. The, I, you know, I don't, there's nobody that keeps track of this stuff, but I haven't missed a show in 23 years. And wow, that's impressive, man. Even I don't know if you know Jericho might be the only person that, you know, I don't know if he's ever missed a show. Like he's taken time off to do his band and stuff, but I don't think he's ever missed a show from injury. Um, and like I'm proud of that, you know, and, and I was really hoping to go my whole career without a major injury. I've been hurt plenty. Uh, you know, I wrestled with a broken ankle, I, I wrestled with broken fingers, broken toes, um, dislocated hip, you know, I tons you know tons of injuries but nothing that kept me from the ring and uh yeah the acl is a rude awakening that this is uh it'll probably catch up with us all uh, you know i'm 41 i was I, I keep telling everybody i was due you know it's just uh the fact that it it was that long is is pretty miraculous really it's uh part of it is you know durability and how i'm built um part of it is how well i've taken care of myself uh in-ring style, I, I wouldn't say that I take it easy, but I've always been very calculated um, of when to do things that are risky and, and when not to. And um, I think everybody should be. I think it's, uh, you know, if you want to have a career that is is lengthy, you know, uh, and, and make money, because the reality is when you first start doing this, you don't make anything, you know, and uh, plenty of years I was on TV where I was scraping by uh, I'm on, you know, I'm appearing live on national televisions in front of millions of people every week. And, and uh, I got to decide whether I want to drink or whether I want to eat uh, at night. So it's a, it's an interesting life, but uh, I wouldn't change any of it. Uh, the, the rehab is going awesome. Um, I'm about three months in and it could be three more months. It could be six more months. Uh, that will be up to the doctor. Um, if I, ha if I have enough drinks, I think I could wrestle right now. <laughs> but uh i wouldn't risk it it's not worth it um i'm aiming for october um but that's going to be up to my leg and up to the health professionals so let's say just playing you know fantasy booker right now with you you get back into it you get back on the show do you want to try to jump into the title picture go after omega go back for the title or do you, is there somebody else on the the roster that you kind of got your eyes on right now yeah, I think I, I think I fit right into that story. I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, you know, I was just world champion, you know, a few months ago. Um, if this wasn't happened, I think I would already be part of that story in some way or another. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, um, that's what I have my eyes on for sure. That's that, that's what I want. You know, I, I want the responsibility of that. I want the pressure. Uh, I, you know, it, it has nothing to do with, um, 
notoriety. It has nothing to do with fame or, you know, the, you know, I want to wrestle in the main event because people will talk about it. I want the pressure of a company, a million dollar company, me putting in me in that position and counting on me to deliver results. Um, that's, that's what I live for in, in wrestling. And especially nowadays, um, I, I, I've, I've done a thousand things more than I ever thought I was going to do. Uh, I've accomplished things that I never dreamed that I would. Um, I've made money. I could retire now. And I've said this in other interviews, I've been pretty smart and have made, you know, very good money for a very long time. And I, I chose to work for impact and I choose to keep wrestling because I want to, not because I have to. Um, and that's a cool, that's a cool decision to have. You know, I don't know. I never thought I would always have it, but you know, that's something that I always strive for. And right now that's where I sit. You know, I, I work there because I want to work there. Um, if I didn't want to, I would just tell them I'm done. And that would be it. And you would never see me again. Um, but that's, that's a ways off yet. Nice. So with uh, new Japan crossing the pond and with the, the three promotions working together, what's one of those like dream matches you'd like to see once you get back on your feet and you have an opportunity having the, the three rosters to look at, like if you had to pick somebody from either promotion, like who's somebody that you'd like to see in the ring? Yeah. I mean, the list is long, like uh, Tanahashi, uh, would be probably my first choice. Um, I mean, uh, Will Ospreay is a guy that I worked with briefly uh, in Impact. He was in a King of the Mountain match. You know, we did a few things together, um, but a guy that I did a few indies with in, in Europe and me and him got along really well. He is a freak, you know, just a freak. And I think our our styles together could could do something really special. Um, AEW wise, obviously Kenny Omega. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any secret, you know, Bell to Bell, he's, probably the best in the world right now. Um, that's a moving target that always changes, but, you know, probably for the last couple of years, I think, you know, in between the ropes from bell to bell, I, I don't think there's many people that can touch him. His mind is just in a different place. Um, his body of work over the last couple of years has just been insane, you know, just insane. Uh, the hit rate, you know, and it doesn't matter the style or the opponent um, people are talking about it. And for a reason, he is gifted, an absolutely gifted performer. Um, Someone like Miro, uh, we didn't get to cross paths very much uh, in WWE. I think we did a couple things, a couple house shows, and maybe one thing on television together. But that's a guy that I, that I love. There's, you know, it's a long list, man. Like Christian is a guy that I, I never really um, got to to really do something serious with. We crossed paths a bit when he was in TNA. I think we tagged together a couple times. But I would like to do something singles, you know, with him, uh, Frankie Gazarian. Uh, the young bucks, you know, the, the list is it's vast. You know what I mean? And that's for the thing that's really cool about press pro wrestling is pro wrestling always changes, but the pieces are constantly changing. Um, and the angles that you can go at it with and uh, the, the different stories that you can tell depending on the opponent and, and uh, the timing and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I'm ready to dive right back in, man. And I think that's where I'll be. I'll be right in that mix. Nice. Okay, so I've got to ask you a question, something that I have to claim ignorance to. Looking through some of the notes of your career, the TNA World Beer Drinking Championship. Is this yep. as cool as it sounds? Let's talk about that. Uh, cooler, actually. I was paid <laughs> to drink beer at work for almost six months. Uh, <laughs> me and James Storm were doing a thing, and he got this, this beer drinking title made as like kind of like a joke. Um, and we were doing like some pretty funny segments at the time, and then we ended up feuding over this beer drinking title and uh, i'll admit i'll be the first to admit it you could watch the footage i am terrible at chugging beer i can drink a lot of beer i can 
you know, I'm 40. I haven't funneled a beer in probably 10 years, but I don't know if there's a human being on earth that can funnel a beer faster than I can. Um, but as far as chugging, never been good at it. Never will be. Basically I was just pouring it on myself. Um, but a for effort. And yeah, it was, it was really, it was super fun, man. P- people loved it. Uh, you know, anytime you can include drinking at work, uh, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, six months of a vacation basically where we just did these fun segments and funny bits and funny vignettes and stuff. And then, you know, we, we would drink beer and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if it's prestigious, but it was something that was super enjoyable. That's for sure. I, when I, when I was looking over it, I was like, there's no way I have to ask about that. And I was like, tell me about that. Okay, um, as a lifelong wrestling fan, when TNA had some agreements with the NWA, you had a chance to be an NWA tag team champion. What does it feel like as a lifelong wrestling fan to to carry a title? I know the NWA catches a bad rap a lot of times since once the territories broke down and stuff, but having a chance to to wear the strap that so many great tag teams before had worn, what did that mean to you as a as a, a guy in the business, like to have a chance to wear that belt? Yeah, I mean that was you know the first you know, world title that I won in my wrestling career. You know, I, I had plenty, won plenty of, you know, you know, anywhere from probably 50 to a hundred belts, you know, independently, but those don't count, you know, and, and um, I'm not saying it wasn't cool being a champion for Neo Spirit or, you know, one of the other 50 promotions that I was world champion for, but the reality is, is those, you know, they're not televised. It's not a worldwide company. It's, you know, it, it's local and, and, you know, it, it, it it's cool, but it, it's not real. The NWA thing, like I'm on that list. If you look up the NWA world tag team champions, I'm on that list and you can't erase that, it, you yeah. know, forever, 50 years from now, you look back in the history books, NWA, maybe it's around, maybe it's not, but the history of the NWA world tag team champions, you'll see my name. And that's that, you know, it blows my mind, you know, as a wrestling fan. And I look at that with all the titles that I've won, you know, I've won the, the world title twice. I've won the NXT tag champion I've won the X division twice, maybe three times. I can't remember. I've won the, the, the NWA or impact or TNA tag, I think six or seven different times. Um, you can't take those things away from me. That's, that's history. And, you know, that's uh a company um, saying we trust you and you've earned it. And you know, that stuff like that doesn't happen by mistake. Nice. Okay. I know right now with uh, your knee and everything, uh, take a second, tell the fans what you've got going on right now, uh, where they can find you online, your social media presence, all of that. Yeah. I'm uh, so admittedly, I'm terrible at social media. Um, if you say something to me and I don't respond, don't, don't take it personally. I have a life. I'm married. I have dogs and um There'll be times where I put my phone down and I won't look at it for, for hours. And I know that seems foreign to some people, but to be honest, I, I, it's a leash and I hate it. You know, um, social media is part of our industry. Um, it can be an amazing tool, but it is not something that I hold in high regard. Um, so if you say something to me or send me a message and I don't respond, don't take it personally. It's just something I use for business. That's Eric Young, not me. Uh, I'm, I have a, I have a different real name. So anyways, uh, yeah, the Eric young on Twitter, the Eric young IG on Instagram, that that's basically it, man. Just doing my thing with impact and, um, you know, obviously not wrestling, but appearing on pretty much every show. Um, they, they just, uh, signed a new deal with YouTube. Uh, some of the details were trickling out today, which is super cool. There's no company in the world that has a deal like that, uh, with YouTube, uh, 
the we kind of did a soft launch before Slammiversary and the numbers were insane. Uh, and YouTube jumped all over it and signed a pretty cool deal with us to for us to supply that content. And there's I think there's two tiers of subscription uh, that you can belong to. Like as a wrestling fan, I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, especially if you don't have access to access TV or you know you're a cable cutter. I know that's very common now. Um, I would cut my cable, but I watch too many sports uh, and I have to be able to watch wrestling. So it's, that's the easiest way, but I understand the cable cutting thing. Most people are doing it and you maybe don't get access. This is a way to consume impact, which in my opinion, I know it sounds biased because I work there, but it's a wrestling show made for wrestling fans, pro wrestling. You know, it's, it's not made for entertainment. It's not made uh, to sell Burger King ads. It's, it, it's made to entertain professional wrestling fans. And I think minute to minute, it's the best professional wrestling show on TV right now because of the freedom that, that we have uh, with access. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Eric, I really appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us this evening, having a chance to chat about some wrestling. Um, I, I truly appreciate it. Uh, God bless. Hope your knee heals up good, man. And I can't wait to see you back in the squared circle. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, uh, fingers crossed. Uh, three months, three months right. down, three months to go. Can't wait. Uh, we'll see you soon, sir. Now, as we close another episode of Botch Bots and Cherish Shots, I'd like to take this chance to thank you for listening. Remind you to go to wherever you pick up your favorite podcast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Look, you have so many options. Take a minute to like, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling us how great we are or how terrible we sound. Either way, it helps the algorithm and it helps find new listeners. It gets our word out there. Make sure to follow us at Botch Spots and Chair Shots on Twitter and Instagram. I am your host, The Will Gray, and thanks for stopping by and listening, my people.